Good morning. If you would, turn your Bibles to Psalm 37. And we're going to be looking at the first eight verses of Psalm 37. So while you're turning there, while you're getting ready, I've got some business that we need to attend to and, and mention as well. Um, as many of you know that this is our last um, outdoor service. I've enjoyed the outdoor services, but next week we're going to move inside. And with that moving inside, um, as much as we want to accommodate everybody that comes, and we would love to see everybody come out for that as we move inside. So a few things that I do want to mention, and you can always go to the e-bulletin. You can go on our website and get it there on our, on our app. And that e-bulletin is there. It'll give you the information that you need. But just a reminder, as we transition our services back inside, we're going to be going back to three services, 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. They're going to be about an hour service. And then we'll do some cleaning in between that. Um, and so there's a place for everyone. So, But there's, again, some changes that we need to take note of in the sanctuary because we're limited in our space, the building that we have, um, as we try to um, follow guidelines. And, um, you know, we're not going to, we, we recommend masks to come into the building and, and distancing, but, you know, we want people to be able to come in. And so um, we, we are asking to register online to reserve a seat for one of those three services. Um, as you come in, you can do that online, and, um, and so we're, we're asking for that for the sanctuary and also for children's classes. And so we get, we're limited on the number of kids that we can get in there and middle school as well. So that information will be on there. You can register, you, and you, we register every week uh, for the service that you want to attend, and that registration will open up on Sunday afternoon. So it's going to open up for next Sunday at 1 o'clock. So at 1 o'clock each week, and it's going to close at 7 o'clock the Saturday before the service. And so that's what we're doing. Um, some of you might be wondering, why are you up here and not Pastor Jeff? And the reason is that Barbara woke up with a fever. And so Pastor Jeff and Sue are quarantined themselves until she can get tested. They're feeling fine, but um, so out of the uh, abundance of caution, uh, Pastor Jeff called me up and he said, you're gonna have to do the teaching. So be praying for him for that. And again, um, we, we would love to see everybody come next week uh, for that service. Love to see you here. And, and we're just gonna be cautious and, and we want everybody to meet safely and peacefully. And so we're going to have also a place outside here. If you wish to stay outside, we're going to have a TV. So you don't have to register for that, but you can come out here and you can watch the service as well. So we're going to spread everybody out as much as possible. So pray for us, pray for the church, pray for wisdom as we move forward inside. And um, again, um, I know God's going to bless. And, um, and so... I'm going to do my best this morning. I had about 20 minutes to get ready for a service. And so, um, you know, we, we often say here, um, 
we do our best and we commit the rest. So that's what I'm gonna do this morning. So be patient with me as I go through this, but I think it's a wonderful lesson to us and very applicable to us in the things that we're going through today. And so let's pray before we start our study in, in Psalm 37. Father, we do thank you, Lord. And I thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us in this place outside that we can be and, and uh, enjoy it. And I pray, Father Lord, that you would move and work in a very special way. And this is a reminder to us, Lord. As Peter would say, even though you're well established in these things, I don't neglect to remind you of them. And that's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna be reminded of the things that you tell us. And, and so, Lord, we just thank you for that and do a work in our hearts. And, and may we be open to that. And I pray for Jeff and Sue and, and Barbara. I pray for them. I just pray that you bring healing to Barbara and whatever uh, she has, that you would just heal her from that and bring protection to us in this church as we move inside, Lord, I pray. I pray that, um, that these things wouldn't keep people from coming in the fellowship as well. And so we, we thank you for that opportunity to be able to meet each week. And so, Lord, just soften our hearts and, and, um, and, and, and make us strong and be strong on our behalf as we move forward in those things. And again, we thank you for that. So touch everybody here, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, Psalm 37, I'm going to read the first eight verses, and they read like this. Verse 1, do not fret because of evildoers. No, be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and weather as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. And so this is a Psalm of David, Psalm 37. It's one of my favorite Psalms. Uh, and it's a familiar psalm, perhaps, to many of us. I did teach on this last December on a Wednesday night because at that time the Lord was putting, putting it on my heart as we were about to enter into a new year, 2020. And, and, and so he put this psalm on my heart to teach because and, and, I figured it might be a chaotic year, but I never figured it would be what we're going through now, many of us. And so... It, it is written, this psalm, and the reason that, I, that I, I chose it, and I chose it this morning, because it's written for us as Christians and for everybody to fretters. And that's what verse 1 begins. Do not fret. And, and the word fret, it means don't get heated. Um, we could say don't get all worked up is another way you could say it. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, for every one of us, there are times where we just fret, isn't there? And so um, he's saying, don't fret, you know? And if you were to ask my wife, you know, and this is something that I'm still working on, because I can get worked up about things. And if you were to ask my wife, you know, is your husband a 
is Pastor John a fretter? She would have to honestly say, yeah, time said he is. Again, I'm still working on it. And so, um, you know, he's still working on my heart with this. But Psalm 37 is a great reminder of us to bring us perspective. And it's written to bring us wisdom and perspective for those who fret, for those of us who fret on particular issues, um, mainly the issue of evildoers. And so um, evildoers and how they get noticed and how they seem to get away with so much stuff and how they're able to prosper in that. And, and so we see that, don't we, so much this year. And we see it, the things that are going on in our communities in this nation and, um, and our, our, the evil that is going on in the world. And we get very concerned, don't we? And we see those things. We, we're in an election year and it's getting very heated now. And so we see as Christians that there's so much wrong and darkness in our communities. And we see those who are profiting over that. You know, Micah 2.1, I think he gives us a really good description on evil doers. He says, give us a good, uh, he says, they are those who desire iniquity and work out evil in their beds. At morning light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hands. They covet fields and take them by violence and houses, they seize them. So they oppress a man in his house, a man in his inheritance. And I think that as we see so much evil doers going on, we know that Paul would tell Timothy in the last days that evil men are going to grow worse and worse. And so we live in those days, we get concerned about it, and we can, we can you know, just fret about it. And so um, what do I do? What is it that I can do that keeps my head from exploding from all of this? And to be ones that lose heart and, and, and all of that. How do I you know, get my perspective in order? And that's what Psalm 37 does for us. And it's a great psalm to read before you watch the evening news or before you, you, know, you look at the news online. And this is a psalm, like I said before, that is written by David. And he wrote it when he was an old man. And we know this because we can look at verse 25. If you look at 25, he says, I have been young and now I'm old. And, and that's the case for some of us. Uh, I remember uh, not too long ago, uh, Becca and I were looking at some pictures and uh, we've been married 35 years, so we can go back a long ways and, and look at those pictures. And I was kind of kidding her. I said, um, you know, I haven't changed a whole lot in 35 years, have I? And she says, yeah, you look 60 years, years old back then too. And so, you know, we, you know, we looked at that. The pictures don't lie, I'm, I'm getting old. So David writes this as an old man. And this psalm is written as an acroptic psalm. And what an acroptic psalm, psalm is, it means it's alphabetical. And so every other verse starts with the succeeding letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So, if, so in verse, the first verse, the first word begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And verse three 
begins with the second letter, and so on. And so this pattern continues in, throughout the whole psalm that we have here. And the reason, because you might be thinking, so what? But the reason that some psalms were written and Psalm 37 was written this way as a crossbeak, as the Holy Spirit, Spirit would be behind David in writing Psalm 37, was for the purpose of memorizing it. So you have a psalm that is written with the purpose of being memorized in one's life. So when we face evil on this side of heaven, this psalm would be in the store, is to be memorized again and be in the storehouse of our hearts. And it's to be brought to bring us remembrance and to bring us wisdom in these days. So before you watch the evening news, and before you're always reminded of the frantic world that we live in, you can get the right view and wisdom and perspective from these verses. And you think about David. David has seen a lot, hasn't he? As you know, as Pastor Jeff has gone through the Old Testament, we see that in Scripture. He saw a lot in his life. But here he's like the older spiritual father who comes up to us and he puts his arm around our shoulders and he takes us on a walk and he instructs us how to live our lives with wickedness that's all around us. And it's a timely lesson. I don't know about you, but I really need to be reminded of these things as we face the rest of 2020. What is it that I don't do and what is it that I do do? And so we see that he says, don't fret, don't fret. And then he says, do these four things, trust, delight, commit, and rest in the Lord. So we have to take this journey between first one from fretting to verse seven, where we're living in a life in a place of rest. And it isn't easy making this journey. And I, David's not one that's telling us, don't worry, just be happy. Hey, whatever happens, happens. Case, sarah, sarah. You know, turn a blind eye to everything. We should be concerned. But when that concern turns into fuming and continually worry and getting extremely heated, when it affects our lives in such a negative way that we get our eyes fixated on those troubles and those evildoers, and we stay continually worked up. And, you know, and it starts to affect our attitude and our continence, and it starts to affect our speech and our conversations. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 that says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret because it causes what? Harm. And it's, so we need to take this journey, if you will, from fretting, from being so worked up to be continually worked up. We need to move from fretting to a place of rest in verse seven. You know, I've told this joke before, but there's this guy that he was always worried and he was always fretting. And he would go to, um, you know, he had ulcers and, and never was feeling good. So he went to the doctors. They didn't really say much to him. So he decides that he's going to hire somebody to worry for him. And that's what he does. And so he does that, and people start to see that he's happier. 
that his countenance has changed. He seems relieved. And so they, you know, they say, man, you know, you're doing a whole lot better. What's going on to you? And he says, well, see that guy over there? I've been paying that guy to worry for me. What? Yeah, 24-7, this guy worries for me. Well, what does that cost you? Oh, about $10,000 a week? Well, you can't afford that. Well, that's for him to worry. Uh, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? First one, don't fret. Don't fret because of evildoers. And don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. And he goes on to verse 2 and he says, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and weather as the green herb. You know, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of energy to continually get worked up. And it's a path that gets in the way of faith. So the Lord says... You know, those who are evildoers, don't be envious of them. You might be saying, why would I be envious of, envious of them? You may not be envious, some people, of, of what they do, but they might be envious of the fact that they seem like they're getting away with it. He says, don't do that. They're not getting away with it. There's no injustice in the balance of eternity. So don't do that. You know, um, don't be envious and, and don't... Don't fret over them. They're not getting away with it, he says. And they're going to be soon like grass that weathers, says there in verse 2, that grass that cuts down. And, and a good example of that is up there, that, that edge where we park over there. In April, May, it's got brome grass in it, and it's high, and it's green, and it looks really good. But the heat of the summer comes out, and it turns brown, and it just weathers. And you look at it now, it just looks like dirt. It's all gone. That's a picture of what Paul is saying. They're going to be cut down like the grass. They're going to weather, you know. And, and so he says they're not going to get away with it. And, and their time is going to come. So he says, don't do this. Don't fret. That's the negative. But he just doesn't leave us there. He brings more clarity and wisdom. And now he begins to say in three, verses 3 and 7, he gives us those four positives there. The four do's. That brings us back in the focus of who God is and what we are to be about. To trust in the Lord and delight in the Lord and commit your ways to the Lord and rest in the Lord. So verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And that's the first thing that we can do. We trusted and believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring us to salvation. So as we are ones that walk by faith and not by sight, David reminds us, and he wants us to work this in us, that we are ones that trust God. And God is worthy of our trust, isn't he? He's worthy of our trust. He never lies. He never fails to fulfill his promises. You know, I like what Psalm 89 says. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? We know his plans are perfect, and they are holy, and they are righteous. And he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called to his holy purpose. And last month when I taught out here 
If you remember, we looked at the book of, of Joshua, and as we, you know, I, I talked about how Joshua was crossing into the, the promised land. And Joshua was told by the Lord to be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. He's reminded of that. And the law of the Lord, or the word of God, in other words, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, and you observe it and do according all that is written in it. Then you will make your ways prosperous and have good success. And I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I will never leave you or forsake you. And Joshua would do that. And the people would cross over that Jordan River. They didn't know how they were going to get across but they walked by faith and not by sight. And they stepped in and God was doing a work. And he wants to do a work in our lives. And he wants us to continue to grow in his word and to seek him and know him more intimately through his word. He wants us once to continue to be displaying love to others. And he wants us to trust in him because he's worthy of our trust to know him is to trust him to follow him wholeheartedly is to live in his promises and he says you know and do good do good you know again when we were looking at the uh, last month that we mentioned in Joshua there mentioned that the children of Israel, they come into that land of promise. That's a picture of our Christian life as we come into a life of God's promises. And even though it's a land of promise and rest, there are still battles and giants and walls to tear down and territory to take. And that was a, that's a picture for us. Even as we live in a life in the spirit, we enter into the promises of God, the rest, and, and we do that, but we're still going to have our battles, right? We're still going to have our giants in front of us and our walls to tear down. But can I encourage each and one of you with this this morning again? God has a wonderful plan for us. And he has a wonderful plan for this church. And he has a wonderful plan for the church as a whole. And he has territory for you to take that he's given you. And it's important to know the territory that God has given you, where your place is in the body of Christ. And he wants you to, to know those things. And his heart desire is for us to know his will. And we can be sure that he will give you, each and every one of us, our parameters. And he's going to give us our boundaries that he has for us. And it's our responsibility to pursue and to pray and to seek and draw closer to the Lord. To wait on him and to say, what territory do you have you mapped out for me? What is it that's mine? Help me to stay within it and to be faithful in it that I might take all the territory that you have for me. God's not done working. God is still there in us. Anyone who's worked mightily in us. He says, do good. Do good. I like what Romans 12, um, 9 through 21, that section in the book of Romans, 
Paul goes through 11 wonderful chapters of doctrine in the book of Romans. And he gets to chapter 12, and he starts the application part of the book, how that doctrine applies to our lives. And in verse uh, chapter 12, in those verses 9 through 21, he gives us some very practical principles for living the, uh, the Christian life. And in verse 9, he says this. He starts out this section by saying, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Three very basic but important attitudes. And we all know that love is the greatest virtue of the life of a Christian. And then he says, hate what is evil. Hate what is evil. Isn't that why we fret sometimes? Because we hate evil and we see it all around us. And so, um, he, you know, don't, that's why we fret, it's concerning. So we should hate evil, we should hate sin in our own lives as well. Then he says, cling to what is good. It means to be stuck, to be glued to good things. It means to be bonded. What things? Well, Philippians 4.8 says, whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. Need a little peace in your life? In the face of the bad news? Do good. And dwell on the land and feed on his faithfulness. Here faithfulness is equated to God's word. God speaks never-ending truth. He is faithful to his word. So feed on that. Take it in. So trust in the Lord. And then he says, secondly, as we move on, he says, delight yourself there in verse 4. Also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. To delight yourself in the Lord simply means to have a good time with him. Keep your mind on him. It speaks of the abundance of blessings that we have with the Lord. The book of Ephesians is a wonderful book. We went through it um, not too long ago in men's study. But it, we see in, in chapter 1, verse 3, that it says that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We have all of God's treasures. They're already ours. So not only do we trust him and we live in his promises, we also live in his blessings. As we seek to know more and draw closer to him, as we live a life of obedience and we grow in his grace, as we do that, we're not going to help but delight in him. And can I tell you something? Because there are a few questions, uh, Christians that might have a little bit of difficulty with this, that it's really okay to enjoy the Lord. It really is. Just enjoy him. God's biggest desire for us is to know him. And he would tell the prophet Isaiah, Hosea, I want you to know me. And he wants us to know him in such an intimate way that we become like him. And he's given us his word and his spirit to do that. So we do our best and we commit the rest to him. And Pastor Jeff has been 
committed to give you the Word of God and to teach you not only from the Bible, but teach you through the Bible, to give you the whole counsel of God. But when we go through Scripture, it's more than just all about our theology and doctrine. Theology and doctrine are very important. Don't misunderstand me. They're important. But God's Word is going to take us deeper than that. It's going to take us to a place, and many of you know this, what Paul would say, that I may know him, not just about him. Paul's desire and God's desire is to have the mind of Christ. Paul was consumed with God. That's why I love the epistles of Paul. And that's where scripture should take us, that we live in wonder and love, that we live in praise and love and obedience that our Christian lives would display adoration and passion before God, and we grow deep into his truth and promises, and we see that they're for our lives, and they're true for our lives. And we delight in him, and we want more of him. And the thing that's gonna excite us just isn't all about the theology and doctrine, even those, those that are important, but the thing that's gonna excite us each and every day is Jesus Christ himself. Do you delight in him? And if you're all those things, what is it that you want? He's going to give you the desires of your life. Scripture, scripture says that he gives us the longing of our hearts. His desires for us will become our desires. And our desires will begin to parallel his desires for us. As we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what is it that you want? He gives us our delight because he delights in us. And so we see here, you know, delight in the Lord. He desires to give you a fulfilled life. So don't fret. Do trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. And thirdly, commit your way to the Lord, as we see in verses 5 and 6, as we start to wrap this up. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit means to roll off the burden. If the weight and the burdens of the evil doers and what's going on in this world is weighing you down, commit yourself to the Lord. Roll your burdens onto him. Trust in the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. And commit your way of life to the Lord. And so... Fretting over evil in the world can become burdensome and weary, and it can become a heavy load. Keep loading, rolling your concerns and cares and your problems on the Lord every day. I like what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, verses 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting your care upon him. So it's a matter of trust and an attitude of trust in his care. So you can cast all your anxieties onto him, all your fretting goes to him because you know he cares for you. And in the Lord, it's difficult to watch evildoers and it's difficult to see what's happening in our country. But you can say, I'm gonna trust in you and delight in you and gonna roll all my troubles on you because you really do care. 
And I can't help to think of Psalm 55:22 that says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteousness to be shaken. As we commit, we bring forth your righteousness as light. As God fulfills the desires of hearts, the righteousness of man and women of God is revealed, shining forth the light like the noonday sun. And I know some of you have gone through a lot of things personally. Roll your troubles onto him. And as we finish up, finally he says, rest in the Lord, verse 7. And wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. That word rest, it means to be silent, to be still. It describes calm surrender to the Lord. And it seems like today, you know, for a lot of us, we have a harder time tolerating silence or being still. We just live in a busy culture, don't we? We have something always in front of us. And David is saying, be still, be quiet before the Lord. It's something Jesus did. He's our example of that. His ministry began with 40 days of quietness in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4. We heard uh, that when evil men, what they did to John the Baptist and chopping his head off, there in Matthew chapter 14, he would drove to a quiet place. You're going to see that as Pastor Jeff goes through that in the coming weeks. After feeding the 5,000, what did Jesus do? Hang around and sign autographs? Go on a speaking tour? No, he went to the mountaintop and prayed in solitude in Matthew 14. And he would be ones that would spend time praying. And I think that that's well for all of us at a time like this to be praying and be coming before the Lord and be still. You know, Timothy, or Paul would say to the, uh, to the Thessalonian church in, in chapter 4, right before he talked about the rapture of the church, he said that he would tell those Thessalonian believers that you aspire to live a quiet life. Let, lead a quiet life, he would say. What does that mean? Because shouldn't we be all over the place yelling and screaming and hollering and marching and protesting and doing whatever to wake everybody up? And Paul says, aspire to live a quiet life. And that noun for quiet means rest, keep your seat. Restful, peaceful lives before God. And what Paul was saying, there are times where we need to be still before the Lord, resting in him. And so there's distractions. There's all kinds of things, like I said before. In the face of evildoers, in the face of persecution, he says that we are at times to be still before the Lord. So when we do speak, and when we do fight the good fight, when we do come across evildoers, that if we have been spending time being still before the Lord and seeking him, we're going to be speaking with wisdom. And we're going to be doing with wisdom and discernment. And we're going to put ourselves in a place where we're going to be directed by the Lord. So there are times where we need to come to him and pray and be still before him. And he says, be patient. God's going to protect us. He has promised to faithfully take care of us. And those who put this trust in him and those in the rest of the Lord, we can wait patiently for him instead of fretting 
and fearing that God has forgotten us and intends evil for us. As we, quiet, as we submit to him, resting in goodness and justice for God. So don't fret. Trust in him. Delight yourself in him. Commit your way to the Lord. And rest him. And I know we live in turbulent times. And like I said before, some of you have gone through some things very personal in your lives with jobs and stuff. But the Lord still cares for us and wants to do a work in us. Not only in ourselves, but as a body as well. He hasn't raptured us yet. There's still things for us to do. And so be encouraged that God's love for you is always there. So don't fret. Don't fret. So Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for those promises that you give us. We thank you, Lord, that you tell us that we can come to you and we can pour into you and you will lead us and direct us in whatever it is that you have for us in the days. And we know as Christians that we are to have influence, influence in a dark and decaying world. And so, Lord, we need to be that influence because you have chosen us to do that. You haven't given it to politicians. You haven't given it to the elite. You haven't given it to the intellectuals of the world. You've given it to us, those who are in Christ, your church. And so, Lord, help us to be that influence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then to be ones that stand for righteousness. That we are ones that are coming to you in prayer and being still before you. So we do do this in a way that brings wisdom and light to a world that's getting darker. And as the world gets darker, Lord, I'd say, ask that each and every one of us would be lighter. We would be brighter. So I pray, Lord. I pray for everybody here. I pray for this country that you would get rid of the virus. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our leaders, that they would become ones that would want to serve the people and not themselves. And that there would be repentance and a going back to you in this land. So Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have in you. And we truly do have a hope. So again, bless everybody here. Bless everybody in the work of their hands. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Travis is going to close us. Um, if you need prayer, come find me. I'll be around. Um, Pastor Luke will be around. And Pastor Jim will be around. Come find one of us. We'd be more than glad to pray for you. But have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Again, next week we'll be inside.